Jordan Phillips re-signed with the team. What does that mean for the defensive tackle room, and what linebackers should the Bills be targeting in the draft to replace Tremaine Edmonds? That's all coming up today on Locked on Bills. You are Locked on Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. I want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and please be sure to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. Well, folks, Jordan Phillips re-signed with the Buffalo Bills. I want to break that down for you here in the opening segment. And then for segments two and three, I want to focus in on the Bills and the 2023 NFL draft and linebackers. And so I want to commit a good amount of our time to some of the early round targets, really the guys that I think the Bills should have in mind at pick 27. And then we'll get to some of the guys on day two and maybe even some day three prospects uh, that I want to at least address on this podcast, even if I'm not really advocating for them. Some players that I see uh, mentioned a lot when talking about linebackers and the Bills. And so some of them I'm going to like, some of them are going to be a pass for me, but we'll get to that all here later on in our conversation today. But let's start with Jordan Phillips back with the Buffalo Bills. One year, $3 million contract. Now, that's all we know right now. We haven't seen the structure of this contract, and that's something that I'm obviously very interested in seeing. How much of that is guaranteed money? Because I do think that there's some risk associated with bringing back Jordan Phillips and counting on him to be one of your top four defensive tackles, right? We know the Bills will play, will they'll dress and play four guys that are going to get a fair amount of snaps and relying on Jordan Phillips to consistently be one of those options is risky based on the last three seasons of his career. So we'll get into that. But first of all, one year, $3 million deal, super curious on how this deal is structured. Now, one thing that I've seen already with the announcement coming through on social media is people having questions about this signing's impact on the compensatory pick formula, and I am happy to share with you that it has zero impact on the compensatory pick formula because he's a re-signing. He's a player that was on the bills, in unrestricted free agent for the Bills, back with the Bills. That does not count towards the compensatory pick formula. So the Bills still on schedule to receive a third-round pick for the loss of Tremaine Edmonds. Now, Jordan Phillips, he's entering his age 31 season. And like I mentioned, injuries have been a problem each of the last three seasons. So he leaves the Bills after... The 2019 campaign had a good season, right? Nine and a half sacks. He signs the three-year, $30 million deal with the Arizona Cardinals. 
Well, in his first season with the Cardinals, he missed seven games in 2020 due to a hamstring injury. And then in his second season with the Arizona Cardinals in 2021, he misses eight games with an injury. And they caught him after that. And then he signed back with the Bills for last season. Now, he only missed four games last year, but we know Jordan Phillips tried to play hurt quite a bit, whether it was with the hamstring injury earlier in the season, the shoulder injury later on, which we later learned that it was a torn rotator cuff and the expectation, I don't have this confirmed that it happened yet, but the expectation was that Jordan Phillips was having surgery this offseason to fix the torn rotator cuff in his shoulder. And obviously that means he's going to spend time rehabbing that this offseason. So the last three seasons have just been injury-plagued for Jordan Phillips, and now this is his age 31 season. It's a little bit concerning, right? His return eases my concern somewhat about the defensive tackle group. But as I've stated, I have concerns about counting on Jordan Phillips. We know Jordan Phillips can be an effective player. But to me, he's always been a guy that's more flashy than he is a consistent impact player. And so as your DT three or four, that's okay. But when I think about inconsistent play with the injuries, with the age, there's enough there for me to have some reluctancy when really getting super excited about his return. Now, this defensive tackle room is Daquan Jones and Ed Oliver as your starters, Jordan Phillips, Tim Settle as your backups. None of those guys are signed beyond this season. So I think you have somewhat of a short-term concern, but definitely a long-term concern when projecting the defensive tackle group beyond this year. Counting on Jordan Phillips is risky like we talked about, so I still think you need another guy here. But you need potentially several guys beyond this season. And so I'm still very much in on an early draft pick for the Bills at defensive tackle. The names that I kind of keep coming back to as guys that really intrigue me, Mozzie Smith from Michigan, Brian Brzee from Clemson, Keanu Benton from Wisconsin. Those are all guys that are very intriguing to me as potential early round picks for the Bills at defensive tackle. Now we'll do an entire episode on those players and I'll really break them down for you. Like I'm going to do in just a few minutes here on linebackers, but with Jordan Phillips return, I wanted to lead with that and talk about how, Hey, look, this is potentially a good thing. There's concerns. And obviously, there's still concerns beyond this year with this position group. But if he can be healthy, huge if, we know that Jordan Phillips can help this football team. Need to tell you about FanDuel. The NCAA tournament is heating up, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, 
Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, let's talk about linebackers, the Bills, the 2023 NFL Draft. I'm excited for this because I'm concerned about linebacker. Obviously, the need is quite obvious. The Bills lost Tremaine Edmonds and are currently staring at a three-way competition between Tyrell Dotson, Terrell Bernard, and Balin Spector to be your starting Mike linebacker. To me, this is by far the most glaring hole on the roster. And I think the Bills need to find a starter, a day-one starter, a dynamic impact player to be the signal caller the guy that has the green dot on their helmet. Sean McDermott as the defensive play caller is going to be in their ear, getting guys lined up and going out there and making plays. It's a big job, big old job for someone to come in and do, even if it's one of those guys already on the team in Dotson, Bernard, or Spector. It's a big, big opportunity. Now, the good news is for the Bills is that there's some options in the first round that I am on board with, and that's where I want to start our conversation. And those two players are Jack Campbell from Iowa and Drew Sanders from Arkansas. Either player I would be fine with and at this point somewhat hoping for at pick 27. There's other players that we'll talk about, but those are the two guys that I legitimately would buy into as first-round picks at linebacker for the Bills. Let's start with Jack Campbell, Iowa, 6'0", 4'5", 249 pounds, 31 and 7 inch arms, 10 and a quarter inch hands. He's got really good size. His RAS score is a 9.98. Perfect is 10. The dude tested at an elite level probably more athleticism than I expected him to have in terms of his measured athletic testing. When it comes to his strengths, it's size, athleticism, leadership, intangibles. I mean, this guy had one heck of a career for Iowa. Was the 2022 Buckus Award winner. That's the nation's best linebacker. Consensus All-American was Iowa's defensive MVP in 2021 and 2022, and Iowa's defense has been absolutely exceptional across those two seasons. He's been recognized for academic excellence. He's received all the coaches' appreciation awards you can find. Played football, basketball, and track in high school. The background here, the intangibles, it's all outstanding. Size, athleticism, leadership, intangibles, you get it in Jack Campbell. No doubt about it. Oh, by the way, he's training with Luke Keekley right now. So all of that I love. And that's before we really talked about who he is on the field. When I watch Jack Campbell, I see a smart football player that's a really good processor, 
very instinctive. Reads his keys, gets to his spots. Now, I will say Iowa is a very well-coached defense where everybody does their 111th, and it's really exciting to watch. The way that they fit the run, the way that they space the field in coverage is absolutely outstanding. And so Jack Kemble certainly benefits from that, right? I will say that for sure he benefits from that, but also he's part of that, so it goes both ways. But I see a smart, instinctive football player that's a good processor, very good downhill player. Somebody that when you're asking him to play the run and play into the line of scrimmage, has good physicality, good contact balance, has good take-on ability in terms of taking on blocks and shedding blocks. That's all there, and he's a terrific tackler. I like his ability in zone coverage, has good awareness. There's been steady growth there, I think, when you measure his coverage reps in 2021 versus 2022. You see a lot of growth, a lot of natural feel for where he's supposed to be in zone coverage. Not that Iowa really asked him to get a ton of depth in coverage, but those short zones, very, very strong. I think he's got good eyes and understanding of spacing and coverage, right? He's not a guy that's easily manipulated and taken out of his spots. And there's just a lot to like about the player and the overall package on the field. Now, there's some negatives here to be mindful of. I'll say this. I don't think his functional athleticism is quite what his athletic testing revealed. Certainly one of the most dynamic athletes in the class in terms of measured athleticism, but I don't know that that consistently shows up on tape to the degree that it did in his athletic testing. He's a high-hipped player. He's got some tightness in his lower half. So that shows up, you know, changing directions. Um, flipping his hips, turning and running, that type of stuff. It's it's not like egregious. It's not like Reggie Ragland type stuff, but there's some tightness in his lower half. I think he's got good range, but not top-tier range. And Iowa certainly was willing to blitz him a fair amount, ask him to shoot gaps. And I don't think he brought much of a plan to beat blocks when he had those opportunities. So some minor gripes, of course, as there should be with any player that you evaluate. In terms of projecting him to the Bills, I think he profiles as what I'm talking about, a day one starting Mike linebacker that should be in the consideration for pick 27. You like the Iowa pedigree and how his makeup translates to the Bills. I'm very in on this player. Now, maybe you could trade back and still get him. Maybe you can move back to 35 or 40 and still get Jack Campbell. But is it worth the risk? With how big of a hole this is, is it worth that risk? If he's your guy, he's your guy. If you pick him at 35, you'll pick him at 27. I don't really take exception with that at all. So in a perfect world, you could move back a little bit, pick up an extra day two pick, and still get Jack Campbell. But if he's your guy, if he's that guy that you say, you know what? This guy can lead our defense moving forward. You turn in the card and don't look back. Very in on Jack Campbell. The other player that I'm in on and I didn't expect to be in on is Drew Sanders from Arkansas. Spent some time today really studying his tape and trying to familiarize myself with his skill set. And I liked what I saw. 
Very intriguing football player. Let's break him down because he's the other guy at pick 27 that I can get on board with. So Drew Sanders, linebacker, Arkansas, 6041, 235 pounds, 32 and an eighth inch arms, nine and three quarter inch hands. As far as his RAS score, he didn't test at the combine um, and hasn't had his pro day. So we don't have timed numbers for him. And I'll be honest with you, I don't really have any concerns about his athleticism. Shows up on tape. He's a really fluid athlete. And he's a guy that was like the number one prospect coming out of Texas. Five-star recruit. He goes to Alabama and then transfers to Arkansas. There's really not a whole lot to be concerned about in terms of physical traits. And that's where I'll start in terms of his positives, it's physical traits, it's athleticism, it's size, it's how he moves. It's all very, very strong. He's a powerful player. I think he's got excellent range. I think you get a little bit more range from him than you do Jack Campbell in terms of sideline to sideline. Neither player was asked to do a whole lot in terms of coverage depth. But that sideline-to-sideline range for Drew Sanders is really good. There was a rep against Bryce Young where Bryce was rolling to his right, and this is against Alabama. Drew Sanders was able to track him down at about the numbers, and I don't think Bryce Young expected him to be able to get him down in space like he did, and Drew Sanders did, and I thought it was a good testament to his athleticism. So I like the range. I like the physical traits. I like the ceiling here. He's a really good rush player, so if you want to ask him to blitz or even rush off the edge, he's very skilled at that. I don't want to call him Micah Parsons. That's very inappropriate, but that type of utilization where you see some stack linebacker out of Micah Parsons, but also the opportunity to rush, Drew Sanders really can functionally do those same things. I'm not going to sit here and say that it's at the same level. Micah Parsons has proven to be a special pass rusher in the NFL. But in terms of role, you could really see that from Drew Sanders. And as we consider the Bills being more versatile with their back seven personnel with the arrival of Taylor Rapp, using Drew Sanders as a guy that can play as a blitzer in some of those packages is intriguing to me. So you you ask yourself, if you go three safeties, who comes off the field? Well, maybe part of that equation is Matt Milano going to middle linebacker and Drew Sanders being a rush player and then bringing down a Taylor Rapp to go with Hyde, Poyer, Elam, and White. Maybe that's how you do it. So I think he leans into some of that, which is intriguing to me. Now, when it comes to negatives with Drew Sanders, well, he's a one-year starter. And you can tell, right, there's some really high-level stuff, but then there's other times where whether it's him falling for false keys and being out of position, it's sometimes not necessarily navigating condensed areas with bodies around him very effectively. Sometimes it's being able to shed blocks while he's in pursuit, miss tackles, right? You see some of that rawness because he's really only a one-year starter for Arkansas this past year. And so I think time on task, 
developing as a processor, all of that's going to be really important. Fine-tuning his angles. He's not as polished as Jack Campbell. Maybe he has a higher ceiling, and there's certainly different ways that he can help your defense. But there's a, a there's a polish that's just missing from the way that he sees the game and pursues the football. The other thing that really bothers me with Drew Sanders is tackling. My guy misses a lot of tackles. I think his missed tackle rate was almost 20%. And sometimes it's just not taking a good angle. Sometimes it's not being able to get balanced in space and guys are able to cut and make him miss. But missed tackles were problematic in the games that I watched. And I did Texas A&M, South Carolina, Cincinnati, Alabama, and Ole Miss. I did five games. And every game revealed several issues with missed tackles. And so hopefully with time on task, that comes but it's a concern that I have right now. As for projecting him to the Bills, like I already mentioned, he's a player that I'm more in on than I thought I would be. I think he's an option at 27, maybe a higher ceiling than Jack Campbell, but I think the curve is more steep for Drew Sanders. And so those are really the two guys. If the Bills pick a linebacker in the first round, I'd hope it's Jack Campbell or Drew Sanders. Now, there's other linebackers in this draft. Let's get to them here in just a moment. Uh, Guys that are non-first-round linebackers and popular names among fans. We'll break those all down right after a quick break. All right, as we turn our attention to the other linebackers in this class, guys that aren't named Jack Campbell or Drew Sanders, the guys that I am in favor of at pick 27, let's start by talking about Trenton Simpson from Clemson. And maybe you're surprised I didn't include him as an option at pick 27. Trenton Simpson is a player that has good size, 6'2", 235, 32 and 3 8 inch arms, 10 and a quarter inch hands, RAS of 9.83. Size and athleticism is terrific. I just don't see a Mike linebacker when I watch Trenton Simpson. I see a pursuit style player, a matchup guy, a space player, not somebody that you really want playing in the middle of your defense, having to take on blocks, play into the line of scrimmage, high-level processing. It's not there. In fact, I'm I'm concerned very much about his processing ability altogether. I think he's a very specific type player. And these players are appealing because you love the athleticism, you love the size, you love some of those flashy moments where In college football, they can just be an athlete and do exciting things. But the football IQ, I just don't see it there with him. And so I'm sure he'll get drafted somewhere between, I would say, pick 25 and the end of the second round. I think that's probably a safe assumption that he goes somewhere in there. I just don't see him as a fit for the Bills. Other players. Henry Toho Toho from Alabama. I like Henry Toho Toho. 6'1", 227, 32 and three-quarter inch arms, 10 and a quarter inch hands. RAS is solid, 6'7", 5". It's not elite, obviously. His 40 was good, but his agilities and his jumps were below average. I think he's just an average athlete. But smart, instinctive, tough, physical. I really like him. 
Um, if the Bills were to wait on a linebacker, which I don't know that they can, Henry Toa in like the third, excuse me, Henry Toa Toa in the third or fourth round is a player that I would like. Um, but I don't know if you're not if you're not getting a starter, like a legit guy that can be a dynamic impact guy for you. I don't really have much interest in a lot of these linebackers. To me, that's if that's the case, you just roll with Terrell Bernhard and Tyrell Dotson. If you're just going to get like a middling prospect, just Tyrell Dotson and Terrell Bernard's fine with me. Then just adding another guy to add another guy. So that's kind of how I see this. And we're going to talk about more names here, but if it's, if it's not Sanders or Campbell, I don't see the appeal. You don't need another middling name just to have another name. Diane Henley from Washington state, six foot two twenty five, thirty three 33 inch arms, nine and a half inch hands, excellent RIS score of an eight, nine, one fun player. Enjoyed him at the senior bowl. Enjoyed him at Washington state. I mean, this guy plays with his hair on fire, terrific athlete, but my goodness, is he raw and underdeveloped a uh, guy from a processing perspective uh, just needs a lot of work. He's a lot more active than he is effective. So traits will get him probably drafted somewhere in the early middle rounds, but I think there's going to be a major curve here. And I think his best chance is going to be special teams and then specializing as kind of a matchup player. Not a guy that's your your true Mike linebacker. I want to mention Noah Sewell from Oregon, uh, six one uh, six zero one five, so six one and five eighths, two forty six, thirty one and five eighths on the arms, ten inch hands, res of eight three two. I don't think Noah Sewell's a fit for the Bills at all. I think Noah Sewell is a classic three four downhill thumper, Reggie Ragland type player, um, physical guy. Really good moments for Oregon, but the range as a run defender, the range in coverage is just not there. I don't see him as a fit for the Bills and their defense. DeMarvian overshone from Texas, 6026, 229, 32 and a quarter inch arms, nine and a half inch hands, 8-1 RAS. Uh, a player that is intriguing to me. I like the size and athleticism. Um converted from safety to play linebacker for Texas showed good year over year growth. Um, uh, as far as projecting him as a Mike linebacker for the bills, I don't see the downhill ability. I don't see the take on skills. I don't see the contact balance or play strength to really be a, an option that I think can profile as a starter um, in a window early enough to make sense for Buffalo. Dorian Williams from Tulane, uh, 6006, 228, 33 and three quarter inch arms, 10 and a quarter inch hands, RAS score of 878. Super accomplished player for Dorian Williams. The program raves about his leadership. Uh, he's a guy that I struggled with his tape. Uh, the take on ability is very poor. I mean, he gets swallowed up by any block that comes his way. Missed tackles are certainly a thing. Uh, I didn't feel like athletically, he showed good range on tape. I don't know. I don't. I see. I see a special teams player and backup in Dorian Williams as a day three prospect. I want to mention two more guys here: Cam Jones from Indiana, six oh one one two twenty six, thirty one and a quarter inch arms. Arms, excuse me, nine and a half inch hands. Um, we didn't quite get the full 
RAS score on him. He's only done a 40, which is a 4.69, and a vertical jump 33 inches. Those are average numbers. Um, missed most of this past year for Indiana, I think, with a foot injury. Really strong senior bowl. Um, as a developmental starter, like in the fourth or fifth round, I like Cam Jones. I think he's nowhere near being ready to be an early impact player in the NFL, probably special teams in depth right away that has appeal in time to start, but I think there's a curve there, obviously. And the last guy that I'll mention, just because I know he has some fans, is Ivan Pace out of Cincinnati. 5'105", so 5'10 and 5'8", 231, 30 and a quarter inch arms, has not tested yet athletically, but that size is a fail. Like that's, that's, that's not, we can't, we can't work with that. Sub, sub 30 and a half inch arms, sub 5'11". I mean, he's a dense dude. I I appreciate the way he plays the game. Physical, assertive guy. You just you're just not going to see modern day linebackers at this size making an impact. And so he's a pass for me, probably a late day three grade type prospect. So what this all really boils down to is. Jack Campbell and Drew Sanders. Those are the guys that I have a level of comfort with as being the Bills starting Mike Linebacker next year. I like Henry Tolo Tolo. But I mean, to me, it's just roll with Terrell Bernard if that's the type of stratosphere prospect that you're looking at. Jack Campbell, Drew Sanders. Those are my guys. Those are the guys that I would like at 27. And I need it. I need some. I need something at middle linebacker to ease the concerns that I have right now. But again, like I've said, we got to let it play out. Brandon Bean doesn't have to have the roster set today, tomorrow, the next day, next month, the month after that. Right? There's plenty of time. There's going to be post June first cuts. There's going to be players that are cut on account of who gets drafted, trades. There's a lot of ways to do it. But in terms of pick 27 and getting a starting middle linebacker, give me Jack Campbell or give me Drew Sanders. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. Have not committed to a concept for tomorrow. Uh, Might do some mock draft stuff. Might talk defensive tackles. There might be some news. Not exactly sure what we're talking about, but I do know that we're talking tomorrow about the Buffalo Bills. So come on back. Make sure you're subscribed. We'd love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.